0: Welcome back, friends. You are listening to Parenting for the Culture on the Black Love Podcast Network. And I am your host, Cherise Sims, wife to Professor Hiram Sims, also Los Angeles's Library Board Commissioner under Mayor Karen Bass. I'm excited and proud, so I'm going to shout him out on that one. Um, I am mama to six beautiful heavens, ages 13, 11, 10, 7, and twin five year olds. I am a PBS early learning champion, an early educator, a parent coach, and your host for this podcast, Parenting for the Culture. I always love to start with the peak and pit of my day. Uh, I hope that most of you know what it is by now. If you don't, it's just an easy way to connect with your family on the best part and worst part of their day. It allows you to know a little bit about what they like, what they don't like, who's treating them well, who's not treating them well and just gets you insight into those moments that you're not around for. Um, And it is something I love to do with my family, and I consider you all at Parenting for the Culture a part of my podcast family, so I like to do it with you all as well. The pit of my day is definitely to the right of me. I'm sitting on the couch in my bedroom, and to the right of me is my bed, and there is a mountain of clean clothes, that need to be folded and put away. And most of you probably like me, like laundry is my nemesis. I hate it. It feels like a waste of time. It's always feels as big as this mountain of clothes that I'm looking at. But the peak of my day is actually very simple. I am somebody who loves candles. I'm very much so about like the sensory system and stimulating the different senses. It's An easy way that I get my own self care. So I bought myself a new candle and it is helping, the smell of it is helping balance the look of what I'm looking at to the right of me. (laughs) And it's going to help me get through it. Um, But that's the peak and pit of my day. It's simple and real life. And that's what it is. So I hope maybe the peak of your day is a little more exciting than my candle that I got going on here. Although I am very excited about my candle, it's the little things in life that bring me joy. And today, I want to talk to y'all about screen time. We are in summer, and during summertime, we seem to have more hours, partly just because the sun is out for longer. So, we actually do have more hours when kids are awake. We seem to think that we have more time. Things feel a little less structured because our children are not in school and Even if they're in camp, I don't know what it is about summer, but even when our children are in camp, it kind of feels like they don't actually have to be up at a certain time. Am I the only one that feels that way? Like when my kids aren't in camp, they still have to be somewhere at eight or nine in the morning. But because it's not school, I'm still kind of like, (laughs) nah, you don't have to be up in the morning. But then in the morning, I'm like, it's time to get up. We got to go. So anyways. It always feels like we have more time during the summer. We do actually have a little bit more time because the sun is out longer. There seems to overall, between everybody, seem to be this feel of we can do more things and have more time. And a lot of that time sometimes is filled with screen time. So I want to talk to you guys about screen time because I know I am not alone in my concerns about screen time. You are not alone in your concerns about screen time. And I think that for the past several years, We have been told how horrible screen time is. I don't know if I'm alone in it, but I feel like I've always been given this message of like, you just shouldn't do screen time at all. But if you have to, make sure that it's two hours or less. And if you have to do two hours or less, make sure your child is at least five years old. And if you have to do it, make sure that you do these, you know, certain shows. And if you have to, and you do, you're a bad mom and you suck because you use the screen to entertain your children or teach your children. So there's just like so much negative messaging around screen time. And the first thing I want to address is that messaging, right? So I want to talk about like the positives of screen time before we move into the negatives and then how do we actually manage screen time. And one of the first things that I want to share with you is actually a study done by the American Academy of Pediatrics. And these are the people that used to tell us two hours or less if your child is five or older. And now they're actually moving away from giving us specific hours of how long your child can be on screens. Because even the American Academy of Pediatrics is recognizing that times are changing. The necessity to use certain tools or technology is changing. The reality of it is, that most children are on screens more than two hours a day. And I'm sharing that because if you have a child who is on screens more than two hours a day, I want you to stop beating yourself up and shaming yourself and guilting yourself, feeling like you are doing a worse job than everybody else. The average amount of times that children are spending on screens now is more than two hours a day. And the other truth is that not all screen time is equal because we are in such a technological age, we can no longer just say screen time. Like when we were growing up, screen time used to be the TV, which had shows that came on at certain days and certain times, and we were just watching TJIF. or once we were in college, we were watching TJIT, right? And we would binge watch these kind of nightly episodes, um, if it was TJF, we were binge watching it, right? We were watching all the episodes that came on one after another. And then other shows, we had to wait. We had to wait for Monday for it to come on. We had to wait for Thursday for it to come on. So TV has changed drastically because now most of us are not even watching regular TV where we have to wait a specific day and time for it to come on we have the option of going on Roku or our Fire Stick or Netflix or Hulu and just literally watching episodes and episodes and episodes of TV. So one, I want to say like when these first rules around screen time were started, they were started at a different time. They were started when TV was just shows and we were not necessarily other than PBS. And shout out to PBS. I love how PBS has always been on the front lines of supporting us In education and parenting. But other than PBS, like there were not really like educational TV. It was just fun, fun watching TV. So we're sitting down, we're watching shows. So of course, it's like, no, you shouldn't do that for more than two hours a day because most likely you're just sitting there, you're probably munching on things, you're probably eating. This is where we get those statistics where TV coincides with childhood obesity and TV coincides with like all of these negative things. It's because TV did look different or screen time looked different because screen time was just TV. Now, when we talk about screen time not being equal, screen time can look like IXL where you're learning something. Screen time can look like Zoom sessions where you're working with a tutor or you are learning a new language my daughter has an iPad where she plays this number game all the time, right? So screen time looks very different now. It's video games, it's Netflix, it's YouTube, it's IXL, it's learning videos that we have. So when we are talking about how much screen time we should let our children have, we really need to move away from like specific hours and really start just monitoring like what does my family need most and what works best for my family. And yes, you can ask your pediatrician. You can ask the teacher. You can ask your friend that has the same, you know, has a child that's the same age as your child to kind of get an idea. But ultimately, this is you and your family and figuring out what works best for you guys. The other thing I want to share on the positive side of technology and screen time is that, again, we are... Changing the way that we're using technology and we are using it more and more. And I remember when my daughter turned eight years old, and this was back in 2018, uh, she actually had a fundraiser for her eighth birthday where she was raising money to buy children in high school computers and iPads, or laptops and iPads. Because at the time, the statistics were saying that test scores were dropping dramatically in school. And it would be easy for us to be like, oh, that's because of that screen time. These kids just watching TV instead of playing outside under the sun. The test scores are dropping. But it actually turned out that test scores were dropping because we had moved from taking tests on paper Right, y'all remember like Kelly Blue Book and Pencil in the Bubbles, but they don't have that anymore. So, we had moved from writing in our test answers and bubbling in our test answers to taking our tests online. And for children who did not have access to technology, they did not have the practice to navigate through an iPad or navigate on a laptop. So, you had this large group of children who They knew the information, they knew the answers, but they did not know how to answer the questions on these iPads and on these laptops. So this whole idea of like no screen time, don't get them an iPad, it was actually to their detriment because now the world is moving in a space where you have to be able to do these things on these spaces. When you have a child who knows how to navigate on a screen and on technology, it is actually going to benefit them because that is where their world is moving, right? I often hear and say that one of the questions I don't love is like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And recent studies have shown like that is not the best question to ask your child. A better question is like, what impact do you want to make? What problem do you want to solve? Because most of the jobs that they are going to have don't even exist yet. And a huge part of that is technology and the jobs that technology is taking over and the ways in which we need to use technology to do certain jobs, right? So technology and screen time, it is not all bad. Some of it is positive. Some of it is even necessary for your child, right? So the first thing I want to do is I want all of us to just take a breath (laughs) and just relax a little bit. I say it in almost every episode where I say, give yourself grace, give yourself compassion. Here's another area in parenting where we want to have grace and compassion with ourselves because the rules are changing, the needs are changing, and we are evolving and shifting with those moves and changes. One thing I actually really love screen time for is for children who have reading disabilities or learning delays or disabilities, because technology and screen time can actually support as a learning tool to help navigate through these different learning challenges that you have in school. So I want us to, when we talk about the pillars for peaceful parenting, one of them is perception, right? We have to start working on our perception of screen time, how we perceive it. We can't necessarily perceive it as being all bad and dangerous to our children. Once we start to perceive it differently and look at the advances in technology and screen time and the benefits, of it, then we can start to navigate differently in how we use our screen time to utilize it in a way where it can support us and move us forward and not just become something that's dangerous and going to cause our children to have diabetes. Now that we've kind of talked about that, and hopefully you're a little bit more easy on yourself about how you're utilizing screen time or how much of it is in your house, uh, I do want to talk about the negative side of screen time. Because with everything, right, there's a positive and a negative, and it's important to know both and kind of understand both because it helps you to make better choices when you are figuring out what is best for your family, what is best for your child, what is best for you. Black Beyond Measure honors and elevates Black creators, artists, entrepreneurs, and others in the Black community. Target holds the community front and center, supporting their products, ambitions, and efforts and people behind them, encouraging them to thrive. We all know that parenting can be stressful, but that's why it's important to find these moments to embrace the soft life and find that inner glow. We are our children's greatest teachers, and taking care of ourselves also teaches them how to take care of themselves. Finding time to slow down is important, and it can look different for everyone. Maybe for your family, it's a puzzle you all do around the dinner table. It can be as simple as a group walk around the neighborhood, For my family of eight, it's going to our library of poetry and letting everyone enjoy a little moment by themselves. For me, I like a cup of iced coffee in our library office. Showing my children that mommy needs a quiet moment empowers them to take moments for themselves and feed their inner glow. And when our inner glow is fed, we can show up for others. I love how the podcast has become a resource for others on their parenting journey and has built an amazing community for all of us seeking to better raise these tiny humans. Raising the best humans is all we aspire for as parents with the hope that they'll go out and do good in the community. And our friends at Target understand what it means to invest, uplift, and celebrate community. Learn more at target.com forward slash black beyond measure. So some of the negative sides of screen time, it has to do with something that's called the proprioceptive nervous system, right? And that's a huge word. And quite honestly, I don't even know if I'm saying the word right. So y'all could ask Google, how do you say this word? But The proprioceptive nervous system is something, it's a part of the body that allows us to understand where our physical body is in terms of time and space and proximity, right? I don't know if any of you have ever met those children that kind of sometimes they'll knock into things or knock into people and you'll stop them and be like, did you just see that you knocked that over? And they might look at you and say, no. And in the past, we look at those children, we're like, they're lying. They're destructive and they're lying. There are actually some children that do not have good spatial awareness. They do not have good awareness of their body and where it is in proximity to other people, other things. And this has to do with a nervous system inside our body. And you'll notice these children are are usually children that sometimes even like tap against the walls as they move down the hallway. And you look at them and you might think like, wow, this child just has so much energy. They're always knocking on stuff. They're always tapping on things. It may be because their proprioceptive system needs support and help in telling their body where they are. So they might need to tap on that wall so that they really understand where their body is in that hallway, how close or far they are from the wall, right? How does this affect us when it comes to screen time? It affects us because all of the different parts of our body work together to develop and to support our brain and to nurture our brain and cultivate our mind and all of those things. And when we are sitting down and we are watching TV, we often hear about algorithms, right? We hear about algorithms, we hear about the blue lights and things coming from the TV. These are all things that are very real and they do affect our brain. And so when we're sitting down and we're just enjoying a show or we're watching something or especially for our children when it is video games and it's very exciting and there's so much action happening on the screen and so many different colors and lights, when there's so many different colors and lights and action happening on these video games and on these screens, it tells our brains that we are being extremely active right now. So our brain is like, oh, okay, I'm up, I'm exercising, I'm running, I'm jogging, I'm fighting, I'm leaping over, you know, mountains or whatever it is. Meanwhile, our body is not doing any of that. Our body is sitting totally still. So it can throw our body and our brain out of alignment from one another, which can affect the way that our body develops or our brain develops because it is not doing it in synchrony and it's not doing it together. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't watch video games. I mean, you can't play video games or you can't watch TV. It just means that you have to be like aware that this is happening in your body. So this is where we kind of pull in pillar A, awareness, right? One, being aware that this is even happening in our body because it allows us to then find a solution. For me, The solution when my children play video games, sometimes I have them get up and actually move with the video game. I say, hold the remote control, and if your little avatar is jumping over something, I want you to jump also. There was the games where you would put the things on, but you would have to do all the movements or even the just dance game. So it's kind of like bringing that back, right? It's like making sure that your body is moving while you're watching these things that are moving. Or it's taking breaks. Even when we used to watch TV as kids, like we had commercial breaks. And at the commercial break, we would probably get up and go get a drink of water or get up and go to the bathroom and we would move our bodies. Now, with YouTube, with Hulu, with Netflix, there are no commercials. So our children and us, we're just sitting there for unlimited amounts of time where we are never moving. So You can break it up. If you are watching TV or your child is watching TV, like pause it at 15 minutes and move your body. Sometimes I'll pause it or I won't pause it and I'll just say, if you want to keep watching, I need you to get up and do 15 jumping jacks or I need you to get up and, you know, do some kind of movement or you watched 30 minutes. Now we're going to do a dance break. We're going to turn it off and we're going to dance for 15 minutes together. So it's just about trying to keep your body and your brain in alignment. If your brain has a lot of action going on, your body also needs to have some activity going on so that it's not thrown all out of whack and out of circuit. A simpler way of thinking about this and same thing is like when we watch TV, it is the easiest dopamine fix that we can have, right? It's kind of like a drug. If you are bored, you turn on the TV, instant fix on boredom if you are upset, you turn on a feel-good movie, instant fix on feeling good. We don't actually have to work for it. So sometimes when we are using screen times, we're actually inhibiting our other skills, coping skills, creativity skills, critical thinking skills, because we're just checking out and we're checking into the easier thing. Like all they had to do was sit And they got a rush of emotions and a rush of activity and a rush of all these things. That's so simple. So now they have to work for it. But again, being aware that that happens, that doesn't mean that you have to eliminate screen time altogether. It might mean that before you turn on the TV, you let your child know this is how it might feel when you turn it off. And here's what we can do. We're going to go outside and take a walk. We're going to go outside and throw a ball. It also means being okay that your child got frustrated that the TV went off. And again, when I talk about the pillar of awareness, when we are moving into like how do we manage screen time, we do it with awareness. I notice that screen time affects my children differently. Some of them can manage a certain amount. Some of them can't. Certain of them can manage certain shows. Certain of them can't. Some things that I try to stay aware of and that I try to look out for is how is screen time affecting them? How are certain shows affecting them? And I'll look at the questions of like, how is it affecting their behavior? How is it affecting their mood? How is it affecting their sleep? How is it affecting their focus? How is it affecting their energy? And how is it affecting their coping skills? Because we've talked in the past about building resilient children. Part of building resilient children is allowing them to feel frustrated so that they can learn tools to get through that frustration And if TV has become our outlet or screen time or a game on the iPad, if that has become their tool and their coping mechanism for frustration, I have got to give my child more tools. That cannot be their only tool, especially if that tool is throwing their brain and body out of alignment, right? So I'm looking at these things. I'm starting to be aware of how does it affect them. I have one child giving her a device And oddly enough, the smaller it is, like if it is a phone and something she can hold in her hand, it actually gives her a moment to like refocus all that energy and bring all that energy back in. Sometimes when it looks like her energy is all over the place, sometimes allowing her five minutes to play her little dance beat game, whatever it is on my phone, allows her to bring that energy in and actually allows her to be in a space where now I can connect with her a little bit better and give her other options and give her other things to do. Sometimes we use uh, technology. I know that I've heard parents talk about like, I just, I need a moment. I need a moment to myself. Is it okay to turn on the TV so I can get a moment to myself? I say absolutely. But along with that, I also say to you as the parent, you need more tools. If you are going to a chance for you to get 15, 20 minutes to yourself, make sure that you have tools in those 15, 20 minutes. Because sometimes just getting away, it's not enough. Sometimes we have to get away and know certain breaths to take to calm our nervous system down. Sometimes we have to have our own coloring pad or watercolor pad where we can do 10 minutes of painting so that we can calm ourselves down. So, along with using a device as a tool for your own self care, make sure that you have other self cares. Maybe it's a candle like I have that you can just smell to work on your senses and calm your body down so that you can fully utilize those moments. And then, when it comes to managing, our devices and our screen time, I also want you to think about environment, right? So I mean, first and foremost with managing it, it's gonna be awareness, looking at what does and does not work for your child, looking how it affects them to figure out how much time is actually gonna be adequate how much time in a day, how much time in a week, and then where do I want to schedule that time? And if I need to use half an hour of them watching TV to do the laundry, I need to actually schedule that. I can't just random pick it because I'm going to mess myself up and they're going to have already had their half an hour when I need another half an hour to do laundry. So when you're looking at how to manage it, look at an actual schedule, look at how it affects them and then actual schedule. So you can kind of plug in these different times and then Outside of those times, like how do we manage actually turning it off and these other things? Look at pillar E, which is environment. Have no phone times and no phone zones. It's something I do in my house, and I just started calling it that after I heard Jay Shetty talk about it on his podcast. But you can actually have times in that schedule where you are like, at these times, there will be no devices. In these spaces, there will be no devices. In my home, I try, I try my best to make it where before 11 o'clock, if it's, you know, a day where no one has school, before 11 a.m., there are no devices. Let your brain operate and circulate and wake up and, you know, connect with life before we go straight to a device. And after 7.30 p.m., there are no devices. That's for the older kids. For the younger kids, it might be 6 p.m., right? Again, awareness, and it's going to be different for different children of different ages, And then in terms of environment, like not only is it not at this time, it's also we don't have phones at the dinner table. We don't have phones in the bedroom. We don't have TVs in the bedroom. And I take the remotes. So places where we have communal TVs, if it is not the time to be watching TV, I'm moving the remotes and hiding them somewhere in my room where people can't even get them. It's just not even an option. This is where that environment pillar really, really helps me out because I can't move a whole TV and they're going to see it and they're going to think about it, but I can move the remote. I can pull the cord out and take the plug so they can't even turn it on, right? And your homework for this week is going to be the scheduling aspect. Your homework is going to be to take a moment to sit down and really reflect on what works for you and your family or what could work and then scheduling that in. And that's going to make it easier for your children also if they can see when and where they're going to be able to use screens, watch TV for how long, there are no surprises. It'll lessen the meltdown. It'll lessen the pushback. Because if you've listened to other episodes, we've talked about kind of having those agreements with them, giving them the expectations of what it's going to look like so that they don't feel surprised and out of control. So make that schedule. That's your homework. If for some reason you need some kind of support with making that schedule and that sounds very broad and you have questions about, like, but how do I do this? How do I piece it together? Please come over to the Parenting for the Podcast Culture Club. It is a free podcasting club on Google Classrooms. You can find the link right here in our show notes, or you can find the link in my bio at Cherise Sims on Instagram. Those are also two places that you can go if you have any questions when it comes to parenting. You can send me a question on Instagram at Cherie Sims. Uh, You can also email us at podcasts with an S at blacklove.com, or you can fill out the Google form right here in the show notes. So please do that. I love connecting with you guys. I love getting your questions, your feedbacks, and I hope to see you back here next week on Parenting for the Culture. And do you know how I see you? I see you when you leave stars and reviews. That's how I see you. Because this is a podcast. I don't see anybody. You don't see me. So I see you when you give me feedback. So please give me feedback in spaces, share it with a friend, and come back next week, everybody. Peace, friends.